Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Life. Check, check, check. One, two. We're back. Aren't you going to do any of your... Hong Kong. Well, I want to hear about Hong Kong. Oh, we'll tell you all about it. No weird beginning. No... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around the computer. Okay. (laughs) It's an old-time radio hour. You're not offended? I call it a weird beginning? (laughs) I just Um, really want to know about Hong Kong. In just a minute, we'll be welcoming Owen Elliott Kugel. She's, uh, of course, Mama Cass's daughter. She's a friend of uh, yours and mine. And uh, she was on uh, Susan, the... uh, First Lady of Love's podcast where she had a reading and Mama Cass came through in a very vivid and wild way. What's that, Susan? Calling out with Susan. Calling out with Susan Pinsky, of course, is that podcast. Um, and uh, But before we do introduce her, I want to remind people that uh, this life is courtesy of Bergamet Mega Plus and Aloe Recovery, AlloRecovery.com. That's the place I found it out in Malibu. You yeah. go where the people want to go. Take Step back from the mic a little bit. Okay. There you go. You need to put headphones on, dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, so, I mean... Oh, there's... there's <laughs> there. Okay, so there we go. Yes, Allo Recovery. Recovery Centers it used to be called Acadia when we started it about three years ago. It's basically the Briar Unit, which is you we, know, used to, we used to work where just highly skilled professionals, people that I hired, that I kind of indoctrinated into a way of thinking about addiction the way that you taught me. Yeah, which is you know don't listen so much what they're saying; it's behind what they're saying. Yeah, right, and yeah. the idea that. There's in other words, your patients are lying to you. It's yes, okay. all the time, it's and okay. it's okay to lie. It's okay, it's part of their condition. <laughs> and, it's all right. And your job is to figure out and feel your way through what's really yeah, going on for them. Very intuitive, yeah. and and so it's a great place. I'm out there on Tuesdays. Every Tuesday, I do groups at all the levels of care. Good, and it's fun. And and the idea was to bring real treatment to Malibu, and then what happened was we just killed it because oh, anything good. that's real treatment, guess what, it works. <laughs> Guess what? Shocking. And by the builds way, builds community, builds aftercare, yeah. builds. Uh, how about this? Seventy percent of the referrals come from former clients. Perfect. Not only that, as usual, it's the lowest priced thing. You know, it's cause yeah, the, cause affordable. The, yeah, because the people are just trying to make money are out there charging a fortune, and not really. It's not about real. But recovery. that started happening when we started it. It all started going to insurance. At yeah. first, the big ones were saying, oh, you need to pay us $36,000, and Ugh. we're going to run your insurance. Jesus. And we were saying, no, you don't need to pay us nothing. Just bring your insurance card. And then the playing field got equaled out by Obamacare. Now everybody takes insurance. All right, fair enough. All right, let's welcome our guest, Owen Elliott Kugel. Owen, welcome, as always. Thank you. Hi. Good hey, to, hey. Now, this, the, one of the reasons we invited you in here, aside from the fact that you had a very vivid experience at calling out with Susan Pinsky, was that you, not only a friend of mine, but it turns out you have a connection with Bob. Well, my mother, Nancy, who's still alive, but she's not doing well we got right a lot now. to talk about there. Yeah, we're so. going to talk about that later. But she lived with your mom in that Stanley Hills <laughs> Road or whatever the Laurel Canyon house was and, and in probably 67. Again, people that didn't quite hear my little intro, her mom is Mama Cass. Yeah. Uh, mamas and the papas and your mom what your was your mom the, just basically opened her doors to any anybody who needed a place pretty to much, live pretty much right <laughs> well my mom was one of them she i was born when she was 15 she ran away from home she ran to hollywood mm. i lived with my grandparents who i thought were my parents and once in a while jack I nicholson would, syndrome yeah same thing mm-hmm. well what's that what's that jack nicholson, nicholson had the same thing john lennon had the same thing yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, you didn't know that? I thought we no. talked about that. Not quite so vividly. 
did not know that. <laughs> not that I have anything in common with those two people. But mm. but my mom talked so fondly about your mom and how mm. she looked out for her. How did her they meet? Probably just on Sunset Strip. <laughs> so your mom was ran away to the Yeah, Hollywood. she was 16 or 17 probably at this point. And that's where my mom met Manson. We were talking uh, um, oh, yeah. with Deborah Tate a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And my mom met Manson at that era, at that time, was friends with Terry Melcher and mm-hmm. said, this guy is evil. And everyone else was <laughs> infatuated with him, I guess, or infatuated with the girls that were following him. So what did I do? I raised my kid in Laurel Canyon too. Were you raised in Laurel Canyon? You go to Wonderland? I was I didn't go to Wonderland. I was raised in Laurel Canyon until I was seven. Okay. Uh, when she died. And then I and then I was raised in Nichols Canyon. So it really wasn't that oh, just far. One canyon over. That's right. Hold Where on. did you no, go to school? On, to hang, the hang Michael on. Jackson school? Your Hold mom's co- your mom's coming through again. Some <laughs> weird music coming Hello. off of, of, a, of a get that clock out of here. <laughs> and makes right. apparently quite a bit so, of noise Nich- Nichols Canyon. at three o'clock. Right. <laughs> Did you go to the Michael Jackson Elementary School down the hill from Nichols? I didn't. I actually went to Oakwood. Where is that? Uh, at? It's a private school in the valley. Oh my goodness! Was that good for you? Because I get worried about private schools. I think that's where all the cocaine is. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> actually, to tell you the truth, I I went to um, I went to mostly uh. Jewish preschool and elementary school and then around the time that my mom died um, she was about to put me into Oakwood my mom died over a summertime how old were you? I was seven Mm. Um, so I was supposed to go to second grade at Oakwood but when she died there was no money which is another conversation entirely Um, to talk with um, John Phillips about (laughs) exactly um Look at Drew. Just look at the look on your face. I just don't know. These are all details there's I don't a, know. There's a, so, yeah. much, so much corruption in the music oh, it's, business. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Well, was, she didn't write anything, so there was nothing for her to, for, for anyone to steal from her except for her own um, flagrant spending habits. Oh, would, would be my, was she a spender? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, a spender loved, and Hauser nice of things. Strangers. Who doesn't, you know? What? A spender and Hauser of Strangers. Huh. Sounds very codependent. Incredibly. Uh, yeah, totally. Anyway, uh, when so anyway, I didn't go to, to private school then. Um, I, I spent a couple of years in public school, and then when things changed financially for my aunt and uncle who went, came to raise me, yeah. um, I then went into private school, and that was fifth grade. Oh, really? So from fifth grade on. Do you think Do you think private school is better for kids? Because I have a five year old, six year old, and I'm trying to figure it, it out. Depends where the he went to the most elite the, private preschool, and you just feel like all the Ranger rows pulling up and. Just the bubble that they live in, you want them to live in more well, balanced. It's, but why especially is there this big LA, divide between the, the, what is being called by Trump the elitist world and the real world, the middle class world, working class because world? Because there is no middle class at, anymore, right? I think I mean, it begins it's gone. in education. If, you're going, if all the elite kids are going to this special school... Right. And all the working... Cl- Listen, I went to Catholic school. Everybody was Well, there. here's the thing. Poor people, I'm, rich I would, people. I would consider myself to be working class because I, I have to be honest... I can't afford the tuition where my son goes to school, and yeah. I'm fortunate enough to 
he's been going to a Jewish school, which allows for a lot more um, funding, and and they've been very kind to us and made it affordable for us um, to continue to educate him there. Mm-hmm. Um, but without that, I mean, you know, private school tuition for elementary school, what is it? You know, forty thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah, thirty, 30 between thirty it, and forty. It is, it is uh, insane how bad it's our educational exorbitant. system is in, it's in, exorbitant. in this part of the country. Anyway, so don't you think in that's Los Angeles? Yeah. If yeah, if we don't, I went to Catholic school in Inglewood. My family is pretty all right. Catholic school is subsidized by the Catholic Church, by the way. But yeah, but there was working kids kids from lots. That we all played basketball together. We yeah. all knew each other. Mm-hmm. We all went to each other's house and played. We rode bikes together. It didn't matter. Did people like coming to our house because we had a pool? Yes, but that was there was a way of teaching that we all have value. And when you just take everyone and just have them in the special school and the special world. It separates for so the, life those generation of, of but kids. But now the problem is we have all these kids that are especially raised and highly tuned machines that can't get a job either, which is another sort of layer to this. Right. But by the way, where the F did you grow up? Did you grow up in Inglewood? Where did you grow up in the, in the I grew Inland up Empire? everywhere in Palm Springs, Inglewood, Culver City. Palm Springs, Inglewood, and Culver City. I can't keep track of it. Well, what? my dad was going down economically. So okay. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> And by the way, let, let me give a little plug for uh, Owen's. Uh, it's a podcast, right? Is that? Is that a, it's a po- no. It's actually a radio show. Radio there's, show. There's actually gotten real radio stations this summer. The uh, Ripped Radio Network Monday night is now going to go to a couple of real markets. Okay. One of them being Chicago on okay. a Soul station. I have no idea how we're going to fit in, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a new fun thing. And it's called the Rob Saul Show. Is it's right? the Rob Saul Show. It's with uh, Owen Elliott and Doug Nelson. And Rob Saul, Monday, as it And were. Rob Saul, I imagine. Uh, every Monday, it's available at 10 p.m., 7 Pacific. You can also in, get you can get it at listen.robsaul.com, also available on iTunes. And uh, tell me about this PBS pledge drive. Well, it's the fifth. This is going to make everyone in this room feel as old as it makes me feel, which is it's the 50th anniversary of the Mamas and Papas um, and California. Crazy. I can get with Monday, that. Monday and, <laughs> and all Crazy. of that. And it's a... It's kind of a big deal, 50 years, you know, and uh, PBS is doing a, a pledge drive and a program that um, they're going to start at the end of August, and there's some DVDs that are going to be given away in that. One of them is a, a <coughs> documentary about the group, and another one is the collection of their Ed Sullivan performances, which oh, cool. are really cool. And the third one, which is a little close to my heart, is... Um, her my mom's two television specials that she made. Oh, my God. Um, one from 1968 and one from 1973. The 73 one has not been seen since 1973, since wow, it aired awesome. on CBS in 1973. The 68 so. one had a bunch of fantastic guests. Who, who was on it? Just oh, like, I, I've seen it before. It's amazing. Joni Mitchell? Yeah. That's, that's just one. And it's probably one of her first, not, first appearances, if not the first television appearance that she made um uh there's a duet of my mom Joni, and mary travers singing uh, i shall be released which is ridiculous the most beautiful harmony ever uh. um but yeah so those those two specials will be, will be on the pbs drive so we opened this with you saying there's so much corruption in the music industry what are you, what are you talking about well just the basic <laughs> rules of the music business are this she Cass Elliot was a singer. She didn't write songs. Right. Her her voice and her image is embedded in people's minds. Yes. You don't get compensated for that. No. 
right? It's called mechanical royalties, 25%. I'll give you an example. I was you do if it's intellectual property, if you know how to actually work your intellectual property rights and, and uh, branding and all well, of that. Well, let's, so talk, that's all let's talk three quarter rate. So I. Oh, let's. Let's. <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> let's that. do that. So in 1930 something, the record business wasn't doing so good, Drew. So they just decided they were just only going to pay three quarters of the money that they was owed the artist. And three then quarters. they just kept it. Forever, and it's a, a quarter, quarter, quarter royalty in reserve, rate. as it were, <laughs> and, and, and and you never see it. I mean, reserve for what, you know? Uh-huh. And they do that to music publishers too. Like if you're like if you're a, a songwriter who's, uh, well, it used to be like this because people used to make whole records. <laughs> when uh, you were a songwriter with, a, with putting a song on a record, like Jimmy Webb would, or you, you, anybody, you know, the great and, songwriters and of L.A., the record company is going to turn around and go, "We're only going to give you a three quarter. <laughs> we're only going to give you three well, did, quarters did, of what you really should." Did get. you watch so the, the? Be grateful that you have anything. The TV series Vinyl. Did you watch that? I watched some of it. The Vegas thing, you know, it was kind of crazy. What, was much. it accurate in terms of? It's that's the fact, right? Some people took over that sort of control. Well, their argument is much like now sports's argument is there's so much so much it takes it takes so many failed artists that the that the they have to compensate by only paying two dollars to the successful artist right that's bs that's part of their risk in business you you can't pull that business argument in any other business yeah you know so so the cd sells for twelve dollars the artist only gets two Mm. right and they're paying back what it costs to make it out of the two hmm. look at would you Weird. sign up for that it's, well, b- it's not just today, because most you? musicians are stoned and fucked up and insecure they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't get a rock. difference <laughs> well they didn't have a choice back then and and, and nowadays there say, is to, a choice you because can you can put yourself. music yeah. out yeah i think it's a much better time and, now. and and to be fair i mean someone like your mom would be able to use her image and brand to do all kinds of things right yeah, right. And so it's it's sort of not just about the music ownership now. It's in fact, but I with would the argue icons of the '60s, I mean, they're Jimi Hendrix's image is owned by, I believe, probably five different entities. Huh. You know what I mean? <sighs> you know, I've only spent the last twenty something years doing this. <laughs> um, I mean, I could probably recite most of this in my sleep. But the, the, the truth is that um, the way that the uh, the estates are, are run is, is certainly subject to whomever the the heirs and the you know trustees and whomever that may be and it's not always a, a good an easy negotiation there there are certainly artists who um you know like we're talking about how people make how people are making money these days it is about branding is about right. commercial usage yeah um <clears throat> and there's a lot of Correct me if I'm wrong, but back in the good old days when people were making records, the idea that your music was going to be used in any way, shape, or form in a commer- to sell anything commercial was considered really a sellout. Like, you would never allow oh, your yeah, music to, to be used or, yeah. for well, I remember the doors. commercial. That was a big thing for well, the can, doors when can, the Light My Fire became a commercial I can enterprise. give you an example of how the music But nowadays, works. nobody's not cashing the checks. Right. right. You know, the, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just it's it's the way, only way you make your money because yeah. there are no sales at there all. No sales. Zero. It's done. Streaming, which, you know, the rates are... You know, one t- one, one tenth of a penny yeah. per. You know, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's mostly to play live, but I'll tell you the, yeah. the example. So, in all my seven albums I made with Thelonious Monster, mm-hmm. all of what I earned from that was not equal to 
Sammy Hagar Weekend, the song I wrote, the Chili Peppers singing it in a movie. Uh huh. Mm. I got That's more right. money off of that than all of License. that music. Right, yeah. the license. It's all of that. about the licensing, and so that's why people want to be in movies and blah blah and all that. Crazy, kind of thing. it's, it's so weird. It's so different, it's and so you different never now. know what's going on. If you're stoned and like you know all the musicians I know, yeah, like we were two generations yeah. after your mom. Yeah, we're just so out of it. Nobody, it just anytime somebody would give you money, you'd go awesome, <laughs> like, and, and you had no idea you actually had to pay it back. <laughs> Oh, so, I have to give this back? So speaking of mamas, you've had a big transition with mama. Want to talk about that? Yeah, she just had a stroke, a massive stroke. And this is your, ago. not your sister mom, this is your actual mom. No, this is my sister your mom. Your sister mom, sister mom. Gee, how hard is it to keep track I, of I, I, it's, I need you to diagram every freaking time. So, so it's your sister so mom. So I was mom. raised believing the woman, Nancy, who lived with your mom, was sister. my sister. Yeah. And so I would sometimes go to Hollywood and we would go eat with her. My mom, who raised me, who I thought was my mom. My who was your grandma? Who was your grandmother? Was my grandmother, yeah. but I didn't know that. Yeah, right, right, right. So my mom, we would go visit my sister, like in West Hollywood, and go eat somewhere. And it was always like I wanted to be around her. Oh, I didn't know it was my mother. Isn't that but weird? But she was living. There in was a, there was a connection. Was, How was, weird! But she was also living that free spirit of what I inherited through her. That kind of. So you were attracted to that whole. Yeah, thing. that thing. She was, you know, that whole. There was mm. a certain neurotic energy about her, right? <laughs> <laughs> you understand? Yeah, yeah no, I get it's it. It's a combination it. of alcoholism and codependency yeah. and batshit crazy. Ar- 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 <laughs> Which is it. magical, by the way. It's, it's quite the cocktail. Let's call it artistry. <laughs> Artist. There you go. So, oh, my God. So, so I just remember that. And, and I was always drawn to Hollywood when I was 16. I, would just, I, I was going to high school in Huntington Beach. I would just, after school, just drive up and get off on Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard at the Hollywood Freeway and just drive down to the ocean and then drive back. Mm-hmm. Looking for her? To, or no, just to be a part of this thing. Oh, yeah. Right? And I know a lot of people just go to Sunset Strip and just walk around, right? Yeah. But I wanted to. I, wanted I would to, drive around there too, but I would be too afraid to get out. <laughs> I would just. I would do the same thing. I would drive out to the beach. I would check it out. It's great. I come back. I mean, you yeah. Know. Huh. But you know, it's just to be in it. Yeah, and right? it, what it is 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 now it, full of life. Are you talking about her That's now? It, or are you talking no, about back not to that talking about scene, her. I'm talking about that energy of full of life. That You're scene. looking for something. Seekers are looking for something. Addicts are looking for something. And when it's evocative and when it's exciting and when everybody else is paying attention to it from the outside, you want to get inside it. That's just your reward system going, go, go this way. Yeah. It's full of life. You're full of shit. It's full it's of so, life. <laughs> I understand that, but it's just your reward system going. But you can't fix your reward what, system. I understand, that's what but you're born but with. But your brain goes, it's because it's life. It's because it's so fulfilling. Your reward system going, yeah, that's right. It's, yeah. But Philosophically, that's so pejorative it's towards people that have it. Look, I'm just half being, I'm our, being facetious. Oh, our, he's just not creative. He's our, jealous. Half of our society have that, I believe. 20%, and, maybe. It's getting bigger. Well, it's different. That's a different Peace, I think, but I know what you mean. I but you that mean. I think America was based on that. Oh, hundred percent, right? Yes. So where did all the seekers the come spirit and all to stuff, come yeah. over here to a freezing tundra with? Yeah, you know, free religion, right? I was just thinking about the fact that your mom lived with my mom. I think that's so cool. And she where was that? Where was that? On Stanley Hills. On Stanley Drive Hills. Or something? That's where. It, yeah, she where? Owned, she owned that before Woodrow Wilson. Where? Woodrow yeah. Wilson. She lived on Woodrow Wilson. Oh, uh, oh, where was the Stanley? Where? When you go up Laurel Canyon, up, Laurel Canyon. Okay. Yeah. Right. When so you go up, look out Mountain Drive. All right. For people I, around the country, this is sort of a famous. 
hippier. More <laughs> music. I wrote a song about Laurel Canyon. Yeah, I know. More music came from Stanley those three Hills. square miles. Yeah. Was that the A-frame house? I guess. I know that she lived in an A-frame house before she bought the house. Yeah, this is in mid-60s, in. like 67, 66, 67, 68. Yeah. When were you born? I was born in 67. And I don't... Okay. And I was born in I 61. Think, I think she ha- already had the house, but I, I, I can't be sure. I, yeah. I, I remember obviously being there. But, but that's I, where everybody lived. All these great musicians, all this great uh-huh. artistry yeah. came out of there. And the reason why is because you could fly right down to Sunset where all the clubs and all the drugs were. And all Actually, dr- David Crosby put it really well. He said that it was really great because <laughs> if you were low on gas, you could just make it to the top of the canyon <laughs> and you could just throw it in a neutral and coast all the way but, down but and there, hit the gas station But there was the all, all kinds of little canyons back in there and a lot oh, of yeah. stuff but, and, that but that's the, where but that's where uh manson and those guys flourished yeah. too I mean, manson was out in in uh in uh it's outside Simi Valley. No, but he was but, going but there to endear himself to Terry Melcher and the, right. he and was the Beach out, Boys. He hanging was hanging out. He had, a, Benedict, he had an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. He had an agenda. From the time he got out <laughs> yeah, of Marion Prison, he, you know, the interesting thing about Marion Prison, there's been parolees. Marion is this horrible prison that the In the Belly of the Beast is written about by yeah. Jack Henry Abbott. Yeah. So the people that have paroled out of there are Gary Gilmore, Oof. Charles Manson, oh my God. and Jack Henry Abbott, who ended up killing the guy in New York City, remember? The, no. That Norman Mailer petitioned to get him out because he wrote this great book about being in prison. So that's, that's horrible. That's the indoctrination to the psychopath, yeah. right? And he comes out and he knows music is the way to, girls and music is the way to get into this town. Oh, interesting. Right? So psychopaths were directed, were really... He knew what he was doing. Oh my God. All right, speaking of having an agenda, I have an agenda right now. I have to take a break. Uh, before I take a break, I want to remind people that uh, one of the proud sponsors here we have is Bergamot Mega Plus. It's a nutritional supplement that I am uh, persuaded is an excellent, uh, excellent possibility, uh, excellent alternative for people that are intolerant of statins it's a extremely rich in polyphenols italian government's been very involved in the research on this and uh i've spoken to their researchers and it was interesting when i asked them you know why why isn't this research getting out and they said you know there's so much noise out there it's hard to get through uh but they they check it out yourself if you don't believe me check out the website bergamot mega plus natural statin uh, also we also call that an hmg quay reductase inhibitor it uh, may lower triglycerides rage hdl and for you, in a nutshell, it uh, addresses condition that is faced by millions of people worldwide, which is the metabolic syndrome, which is marked by abdominal fat, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, high triglycerides, high blood pressure. I don't know about you guys, but I got that. And uh, it's it's a very common problem, and it's something people need to attend to. Uh, typically, there are pharmaceutical treatments for this, but uh, Bergamet Mega Plus is a nutritional, all-natural alternative. Cardiologists and physicians all over the world have been recommending it. Its effectiveness is the subject, as I said, of many scientific Publications. To learn more, go to Bergamet, excuse me, Bergamet, B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T dot com, Bergamet dot com, or go to thislifepodcast.com or drew.com and click on the Bergamet banner at the website. We're going to take a little break. Be right back. And we're back. We are back. So uh, you've been avoidant of the, the mama topic here a little bit. Yeah, she had a stroke. I don't know what to think, but I called called you. You were in Hong Kong. The idea is they don't tell you what's going on, well, and you don't know the right questions to ask. But, like you're, for Bob, like seven days, we're like, oh, she's going to get how better. Far, where is she? She's in Oklahoma. So, Bob, it, it's hard for doctors to answer those questions because it's hard to speak the language of what the injury is. 
People don't understand. You won't get it if we start telling you, well, here are the areas of the brain affected and what that means long term and how that's going to evolve. It's really hard for people to get their head around that unless you've seen it and seen it and seen it and seen it. And then you go, okay, I know what that is. That's, you know, that's that. That's not going to go well. But when they started telling us to find a nursing home, we kind of knew, oh, this is not good. Right. That's how we got the hint like, oh, she's not going to get better here. She's not going to just pull out of it and recognize us. You know what I mean? Mm. And and they do the scale, and that's why I texted you the well, scale. The, the Seventeen. It's not like a mini mental status scale. Mini mental status exam that you're talking about. So, what's her level of cognition? You know, what can she, she didn't know do? where she was, right, what year right. it is, who her daughter was. She right. didn't know anything. Sounds like lower than a seventeen, but but anyway. I don't know. There's Sounds lots of lower than a 17? There's lots of different scales out there. I'm not sure what, what scale. She gets one. violent anytime somebody approaches her. It's tough. She doesn't know what's going but on. But some of that may be... You know, they sedated her. Right. Sometimes there's some brain swelling after a big stroke, and sometimes that's that. And some, it, it can, you, you start asking questions that are of a philosophical nature that are almost impossible to address. Real just simple. Is she going to recognize us? That's mm, it. Probably intermittently. Okay, but not the way you, <laughs> not the way no, you're used to. I'm sorry, you have to and, listen to this. And Bob, not no, the, it's okay. She, she look at the look on her face. And Bob, not like, the way you're used to people recognizing you. It'll be. It's not a normal brain anymore. It's not her. It's an injured brain, and people, you know, it's 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 broken. There's parts of it that just don't work. And it, I, I I used to encourage people to think of it like Swiss cheese. There's areas where it just does a big hole. It's just not happening. Like if she had a, she had, it sounds like she might have a left-sided hemiplegia, which is a, a right-sided stroke. So it's, you know, it's not affecting her speech, but it's going to affect her even awareness of the left side of everything. It's this weird thing called anosognosia. Wait, anosognosia. Yeah, where you you don't see the left side of anything, even clocks and stuff. You just ignore it, and you're not aware you don't see it. it must be terrifying. No, they're not aware of it. They don't so care. There's no reason to be yeah. terrified. Yeah, that's the end Sounds result. Terrifying. My sister just called me on the more. A lot more. of difference. But the end result was day before yesterday. I just said it's better that she not come out of it because now she's going to be in a nursing home. Now mm. she is paralyzed, can't walk. Yeah, can't. Like, is it? Isn't it better that she just because she wanted a cigarette? Yeah. And my my sister's so against cigarettes. And I was like, <laughs> have I, at I it. Give her a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Wow, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? If yes, that's, like, you, you got to get a little philosophical at this point. I mean, what what's the what what is the goal? Would you give her a cigarette? <clears throat> Probably, yeah. If I had one to give her, and, and she, I was you know right there and was you know confident she wasn't going to burn herself yeah, or right, anything else right. down. <laughs> Those but, are important you know, considerations. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it, it it does become philosophical. I have a lot of friends who have gone through similar type situations with and their parents. With parents, yeah. So here's the thing: you had a sudden that's a Bob wanted, That's what Bob wanted to talk that's about. A, yeah. That's the thing. My mom has made no plans. She doesn't yeah. plan on dying or being sick. It's or, not going to be her problem. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the thing. It's really not. <laughs> Maybe that's the bottom Maybe line of all it. this. It really, Drew's it really dad didn't make any plans. Nate's dad has made no plans. They don't. I plan. have a friend, and and I won't mention her by name just because I haven't checked with her to do this. But it's somebody we all know in common who recently lost a parent mm. and um, this friend of mine uh, has a very good sense of humor and a couple of weeks after her uh, parent had passed away uh, she called me on her way to work and she said well I guess it's take your mom to work day and I went 
well, what do you mean? She goes, well, I just picked up my mom's ashes, so I guess we're going to work. And I went, you know, that's the healthiest. Yes, right. That is like the healthiest way of, no, no, of health, like processing and going through listen, it. I mean, God love her. You death know. is a part of life. And when you but do, why don't yes, we talk about it? We just don't talk about because it. Because it's unpleasant. But to, to hide it away somewhere is a gigantic mistake. Susan just lost her dad. I mean, it I just know. happened. And she's got it. You did not hide it away. Tuesday, so you I'm did not take him hide work. it away. She's taking him to work next well, week. Well, actually, I'm going to put him in the safe because he wants to be buried in Cleveland, and I can't get Cleveland. to Cleveland anytime. This is where his dad is. Be it's been pretty dad. busy in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have brought it to the to the convention. That would have been awesome. He would have loved it. Oh, oh my god, he's a big Trump fan. I could have sprinkled some dust towards Trump. It would have been the for him to have known that would have been oh the best god. thing ever happened to him. Sprinkled, sprinkled a little. Ashes over Trump. Yeah, oh, that'd be awesome. Dennis would have been. This is like his. Oh. And I actually made fun of it with the real estate agent. He usually after you sell a house, like the agent, the agent likes to give you a gift. He goes, "I want to give you." I said, "Listen, you'll finally get to meet my dad. Oh, <laughs> I'm going nice. to have him in the car." So nice, awesome. <laughs> it's just the way but, it but is. But he, but he didn't really plan either, and he left Susan holding a, you know, a, 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 no, we planned. Actually, we got him to plan at age ninety. So she mm. coerced him into at least setting up a living will living trust well i'm, I'm talking about we that. don't we don't even have a thing that we could pull the plug mm. we don't even have nothing written for down. your mom yeah no yeah, yeah. that's bad it's called it's called a, a living will or a, a you know directive to physician people these don't are, want to think about that stuff. I, I know well, they, we've done a pretty good job these days of of attaching that material <laughs> i've had one since the late 80s when i thought i might <laughs> die any day <laughs> same here we, listen we're, we're gonna we're going <laughs> maybe drug addicts are just so close to death we're kind of thinking we're on like it, it. <laughs> Well, I think yeah. drug addicts are, are attached to death in an interesting way. They really aren't bothered that much by it. They, they sort of, right? They sort of turned it's on not by real. it. It's you not know real. You know what? I'm dead into it. The truth is that I've I've had it be part of my existence for so long oh, yeah. that just whatever. It's yeah, exactly. It just becomes kind of part of who you are in mm-hmm. a kind of sick way. But it's really the truth. My dad talked about death. My grandpa dad, who raised me, yeah. he said he remembered as a kid when somebody died, they just put him on the dining room table. Yes, that was in that the East. That was fucking exciting. No, he must like, have been in the East. Was it in the yeah, East? Yeah, in yeah. Minnesota. They, they, Minnesota. Yeah, they'd put, it, they'd put they him. My mother talked the about that. Dead people in the No, in the they'd, put up two, they'd put up two planks and put him up on the in I'm a Jew. We, we put you on the ground within a day. We're done with you. Yeah, we do, with those, those planks, we turn into a pine box and we throw them away. Put them well, on the ground. What? So, so, Provided so, there's no tattoos. So at seven... <laughs> then so, God forbid. Yeah, God forbid. My, my mother had a tattoo. Oh, did she... She did. Butterfly? She did, on her butt. Oh my god. Could they cut it out or anything? Was there anything to be done? No, but I have a great there's a great photograph of it. Um she did the uh, she did a nude <gasps> insert on the um on Cheetah magazine. It was a very short-lived rock and roll. Ma- yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Cheetah magazine. Uh Naked in the Daisies, you know, rear end up with the tattoo, tattoo. and all its glory right there. Yeah. She was like empowerment. Yeah. Well, that they should resurrect that cuz that's a big movement now. I mean, she could really be a, a you know, her, she could continue to have a an influence because that's always what she's been, right? That's what that's what I think. That's what I'm. That's what Is I'm trying. Known? I'm trying to do that. See, I it's hard for me. I don't know how the public perceives your mom, but I know how I heard about your mom's kindness my whole life. You know what I mean? And I don't know how how do people approach you what do they talk about do they know how kind she was and how well, helpful what I'm gonna to say so is many this. people y- your mother was not the only person to no. live in my mother's house over sure. over the years quite a quite how a many, many quite how a many few dozens many, quite quite a few and um 
some of them uh, were, you know, uh, provided more than one service. Uh, for instance, my nanny at one point was also bringing supplies in, if you know what I mean. Well, I'm wondering so, if my mom didn't maybe take care of yeah. me a little bit. <laughs> well, that but maybe that's why she hung around her, you know. Yeah, yeah, drug my mom together. was not into drugs then. Oh, then. She was dating Stephen Stills. Oh, God, well, that's almost as good. <laughs> I'm sorry, that wasn't nice. No, well, yeah. that, that would explain it because, you know, he was a really good friend of hers and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, CSN was allegedly born in my mother's swimming pool. CSN? Mm-hmm. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Oh. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, See, if you say psychedelic first, he knows what you're talking about. No, no, no I know. <laughs> no, no, I know the '70s bands too, but but in the '60s band, but I just I don't know all the lingo. Yeah, yeah no. But Crosby Drew, still Drew is that. stuck in the '80s. You know that he loves I '80s music. I, I, no, I was a little bit. I'm not first, stuck. You know? A little bit. I mean, we had, we. It's strange you would say that. We were at a we were at a event last night. I'm not. I didn't don't think of myself that way. But we were at a at a place where there was a cover band that did just '80s songs, and they just one after the other. After the other and I thought, God, this was very upbeat music it really was happy yeah it was happy music and i thought the fact that people were responding to this again i think is a good thing yeah i think i think it's happy music and let's let's get that going again it's fine with me i'm not that i'm stuck no not i'm not i just i think music is very generational yeah yeah for sure and and what is your shtick is usually what your generation was was into so you're right that's 100 percent. mine was led zeppelin fog hat aerosmith that's my generation Although, <laughs> is that your generation too? Although, to be fair, I, I think the younger generation now, they, they don't have, rock and roll doesn't really exist to them. So to them, it's all sort of music history, and they don't, they get, they get like, they pick what they like. You they, know what I mean? They do, but but there's also so much of, of the older music that's reused in the con- in the yes. context of, you know, sure being the hook guys. line on yeah. a famous rap song. But, but maybe or, they, but maybe that's why they attach has, to it. How many times has Mamas and Pops been used in a hip hop song? A lot. A couple of times. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. No, uh, what's but, his name? Tupac used it. Yeah, he did. I think he might did you be know the that? only... <laughs> Tupac sampled Mamas and Papas. Tupac's story is... You know, he, he was found by Shock G of... Uh, of underground, digital underground. Yeah, and also knows Humpty Hump. I've got his glasses downstairs with the Humpty's? nose. Humpty's oh, really? nose and glasses downstairs in a case. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll show it to you. No, he's a genius. Well, a genius. well you just proved the point alcohol. of the whole nineties thing. <laughs> terrible right alcoholic. Just... Terrible alcoholic. You know, terrible. But oh, the guy, really? if you ever met him, he's wow. a very interesting guy. Wow. Uh, and he says he found Tupac, he, and I think that's true. And he's not. He's not. He's not prone to hyperbole or anything. And um, it's just interesting to me that this all kind of. They're all kind of. Well, Tupac's mother was in the Black Panthers. There's a there's things that came after were <laughs> effect, were each generation keeps affecting the next generation oh yeah and never more directly than anthony kiedis dad was our coke dealer in hollywood our <laughs> our meaning meaning the your yeah, band everybody <laughs> okay he said our but i was un- i was unclear who he was referring to you you have i have nothing to do with it <laughs> i wasn't even born yet but, but let me it's also, but, but there's a generational thing of one generation Profoundly affecting well, the next. There's a ton of material here to, to mine. You know, we're, we started by talking about you know this generation that you're contending with right now, meaning your moms, mm-hmm. that has not planned for their aging and demise. Both surprises to them that they got old, shocked, 
and B, that they would ever die. And so they're not really planning, they're not really understanding, they're not really paying attention to it, and it, it burdens the generation behind it. And so like, like Susan and I, we got our will together when we were like 34, and like we're, we got to redo it and get it updated and make sure it's, because you know we're learning some of the details now going through it with our parents. It's like, we don't want to do that to our kids. you know. But I think it's the, as simple as somebody saying to you, I remember making my will and saying, I don't want any extreme things or whatever. Yeah. And it was because my manager in music said, you know, you can't, you got to have a, the way you're living, you need to but, have a will Bob, and a plan. But Bob, you and, need to have a plan so, for your kids. You need to, you need to, you need to be, make everything explicit so they're not burdened with anything. No, but I'm saying all you, it you takes is to. somebody, somebody suggesting it. They're not being suggested. My mom's friends were not suggesting she like figure Trust out me, what she's going to do. As a physician, you suggest it to every patient all the time. Trust me. Oh, because yeah, we I'm are not, obliged. We're not allowed to it's go in It's making me nervous because I haven't done one recently. But, but it's, it's hard to get to it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's hard to get to I understand that. But to just not have done it and, and not be willing to when your kids or right. your doctor brings it up, that right. to me is bewildering. And, and by the way, wow. there are things now you put in your refrigerator. There's a there's a, a form that's really quite good that is explicit to the paramedics and everything on what you do hmm. if something goes bad. What's up? Susan? Apparently, you can just write a letter and sign it and put it somewhere I did safe. That. I, I did case. that. I, like twenty years ago, I did it. My and kids gave it to need my a will. Attorney at like, that point. My kids have yeah. you know their college yeah. funds or yeah. whatever. I said you guys need to write a will because what happens? You know, mm-hmm. where's it going to go? Mm-hmm. And it has to be planned out. Yep, you're good. Great point. I mean, think about that. See, see, it, it gets involved. Involved. And our parents and your mom has left you guys not knowing what to do, not knowing what her wishes would be. And when they're in an altered state, it's hard to tell what to do. And, and so you have no alternative but to push forward. And you have to push forward kind of aggressively. You're required by the law. And you so, have to make decisions you don't want to make. Okay. Here's one. She was in this nursing home for about a month because she broke her shoulder, yeah. the one that's near my sister's house. And she talked about that place as a death trap. Mm. It's a hell hole. I, you know, and now Sorry. that's the one <clears throat> my sister and I decided, well, it's close to your house. It's convenient. She Maybe it, you can find And I thought if she, if she is going to wake up out of this or realize something, waking up in the hell hole might bring reality back. You want to punish her? So no. no, I want her to wake up to reality. Oh, she's see. not recognizing anybody yeah. if she realizes it's she's not, in there. Not going to happen in the way you. It, it's not waking up. Like, see, this is what drives me crazy. Like, like Bobby Christina Brown, who they were like, oh, she'll be fine. She'll be, no, no, no. That's dead. That's a dead person. And all the allowing people to keep these people alive and to keep doing things to them is just ridiculous. People, well, doctors the need profession. To, does I know. That. I we need to be very direct. Like, here is how it's going to go. She's. And, the, and I've not seen her yet. I don't know the details, yeah. but I can pretty much predict she's going to remain hemiplegic. She's going to remain confused. She's going to get increasingly depressed. She's going to be sort of lethargic and out of it. The depression's not going to be the kind of depression you're used to. It's going to be just sort of a, a energy. Non-talking. Just sort of, just, sort of meh, just not not engaged. Yeah. It becomes uh, yeah. quality of life issue. But yeah. you, but you ha- uh, it's all quality right? of life. Which I don't want to live like that. Yeah. But you have to push on because she didn't make it explicit. You have to get the feeding tubes when she can't swallow. She's, you have to treat the pneumonias when they occur. They tried to do the occur. feeding tube, the deep one, and it wouldn't go in because of some uh, something else that went wrong. Okay. So she has only the uh, the one. The nasogastric tube? I guess. Ugh. So they may have to still do a surgery to put the feeding tube in. Yeah, the one that goes in. Yeah. <sighs> so this is, this yeah. is not to be depressing. I, this is... I already been dealing with this for two weeks, but even the prior year, 
she's been allowing herself to just, you know, the best example I give. So I hear she's eating horrible and she's gained a lot of weight. So I said, listen, Nancy, I never really called her mom, but I refer to her as mom. I said, listen, Nancy, there's this thing called the Amazon that brings food to you. I'm going to pay for it and it's good, healthy food and you just put it in your fr- fr- freezer and you can microwave it and it's good food. And so I ordered it. It was very expensive. And she's doing it for about two months and my sister calls me. She goes, you know, she's not eating that food. She's telling me how great it is. <laughs> she's just giving it to the neighbors and ordering like double pizzas. <laughs> oh my God. Sounds like my dad. Yeah. My dad ate Jack in the Box every day. I, I, and we were in the hospital and they're like, you have to limit your salt because it's going to kill it. Because he was eating it every day and I didn't know. But I looked at his credit card bill and it was like every day, Jack in the Box, Jack in the Box, Jack in the Box. Hey, he lived in 93 or 90, whatever. And he was a happy guy, right? Yeah. yeah. But the, it was just I have funny. no argument with that. We got you have to get philosophical with all these things. All right. So how do we get philosophical? Because about? this weird narcissistic what is bullshit it to be about a we're going to live forever. What's we're going to live oh, forever. I have the cigarette and yeah. the jack in the box. Yeah. What's the end of the story? What is it to be a good son? <laughs> yeah. To well. I mean, she and I got better at communicating. Said no politics, no religion. And that's been working well for years and years. Right. <laughs> we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. Okay. Right. Because she's were opposites so but her health that she wasn't taking care of and then i think i you told do the you, best you can she was taking laura tabs like crazy mm-hmm. and then doubling up on prescriptions and accusing the maid of stealing her laura tabs and wanted you to write a prescription oh, for Jesus them Christ. oh yeah that's what's been going on the last six months eight Fantastic. months and so how old is she She's 70. She's not that old. Not that old, and it's a shame, but she lived her life the way she wanted to live it. Again, getting philosophical. It's I now, would say for 60 years, she lived it the way she wanted yeah, to live I, it. I understand. And now she's got some problems that the doctors are, were contributing to, and now that's over. And now you have now it's she's a sort of a, not herself, but she's still alive, and there may be some quality in there somewhere. So, you, so one thing I would do is look at uh, maybe mom and pop nursing homes or sort of little ones around yeah, that's this one that's near my sister's. How many beds? 35. No, you want to look for them for like four beds or Those five are beds. Four or five beds? Yeah, they have little nursing houses. Home. Yeah, yeah, people do that. They're not nursing homes. They're sort of... Do you know about this stuff? Yeah, they have like, you know, three or four bedrooms. Yeah, and they know? just they just have people that dedicate their lives to taking care of these people. I never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. And What's like, it called then? They're, just, they're independent. Yeah, independent I homes. Mean, help. They're not paying for optimization on the internet, I can tell call, you that. It's elder care. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know yeah. how... Yeah, you just want to look for those. And it's, the nurses kind of know about it. The VNAs knows about it. You can ask the visiting nurses, the social workers. You have to ask questions. So it's not called a mom and pop. Where is a small home yeah, where small, they go? Yeah, small okay. homes for, for care. And, and usually they're, they're quite good and they're quite they kind of have a quality about them it's sort of a homey thing and uh, and she'll just hopefully not move from there you want to set it up so the paramedics don't get her and the, nobody gets her if something bad happens it just happens uh, now you got to find a home that tolerates that a lot of places won't be philosophical they, they, mm-hmm. they're too afraid of the legal liability because if there's any division in the family on how to approach care they absorb that liability this is, we're getting a little heady here, aren't we, Susan? Mm-hmm. Okay, God. Susan's getting bored. I, I'm, no, no, Susan. like, well, I just lived through it. And then you have the estate. Then you, Who's going to deal with the estate? And yeah. it, it's just never-ending. And my uh, mother's estate was open for 17 years. I, I'm surprised you're not still... You must still be dealing with it. She probably didn't have a will, right? she di- Well, that's an interesting question. Such a great just segue right into that. Um, she died, and they they couldn't find a will. They couldn't find a will. Well, she was so now, young, it's not surprising, right? Now, now they found the will about oh. 
four years ago. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> what? Right. Where was it? How weird. It was filed under her legal name. Oh, how oh, interesting. Wow. In in like the back of a, I don't know. It, it I don't know where it was. All I know is it reappeared. Oh. God yeah. in heaven. Are you mad at your mom, Bob, for not taking care of herself? Yeah, the last the last few years. She survives Hodgkin's lymphoma, gets in great shape, comes out here, visits. It's a kind of <gasps> I remember bucket, that. Bucket, she came to Los Angeles, remember? Yeah, she came to bucket list. Yeah. She flew in a jet fighter pilot plane upside down, all this stuff. And then once she beat that, it just was, I said, why don't you come out to California, move back to California? She's like, no, I need to be around her grandkids there. I said, you got grandkids here? She's like, no, I'm going to stay there. Right. And then it, it is right. a That's weird the choice thing. he made. Yeah, it's living life the way she wanted to live it. That's okay. It didn't end up the that. way she wanted to live well, it. That's the problem. Th- th- that's denial, and that's a problem, and maybe we need to educate people better about the real consequences. But even then, people will not believe it. They don't really feel mortal, and they don't really believe what's going to happen medically to them. They really don't. And even when they know it, even physicians do this. You know, they just this denial is a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah, and and it's not good. You got to try not to. Well, we also she used to do this thing. I'm only sixty eight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, yeah, but but you got to stay fit and stay going and take walks and go do things and you know eat right and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. It's hard, it's a hard, hard Let thing. Me, it's got, going on to millions of Americans, not just yep, us. Absolutely. Oh, it's it's the thing. Oh yeah, the elder care is the thing right now for this your our generation particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me. I have an interesting. I've we've got tons of good emails here okay. for, uh, at doctor dot com. I'll read one too that you guys will like. It's a third year medical resident. Oh no, third student. On, oh, third year student. So that's why they're asking this question. Uh, on internal medicine resident uh, rotation. Question about interacting with patients with a history of addiction. How do you approach a new patient who has a history of drug abuse disorder that is reluctant to relay information about drug use? Is there some, I'm laughing already. Is there something unique you do to make the patient feel comfortable about sharing information and making the interaction feel a safe space? Well, first of all, don't don't handle that patient with kid gloves like you're already doing. Just be very matter of fact, I would say. And I would say use humor. Like, like, like dude, you came in with cocaine in your blood and you were known drug. Come on. What's going on? Be, yeah. What's really going on here? Right, Isn't that- you know the doctors that I know nowadays are just telling addicts right away, like I don't prescribe to addicts. Well, that, that prescribes. That, this this, that, this, this that's a was- good breaking point to say whether yep. they're there to manipulate you for drugs or they're there for real reasons. And if they're calm, and they're like, no, no, I'm just here for this reason, or I want, I need a GP yeah. or whatever. Right. Then you'll know, like, this is a person in recovery. This is a person trying well, to. This is a person. This is a drug addict who's unwilling to talk about their history, though. And so the question is, how do you get a history out of somebody who's lying and bullshitting, right? That's the question they're asking. And, and you use humor, I think. You just go, come on. What are you talking about? You came, what do they you want came, is what I want to know. What do they want? Well, interesting. Well, that, so you, you would say start with make it clear you don't prescribe opiates, you don't prescribe benzos. So let's Doctors should understand addict mentalities. Addicts don't like waiting in line. They don't like making appointments. They don't like me- any kind of shit like that. <laughs> That's why they drive with no suspended driver's <laughs> license because you got to go to the That's DMV. Why narcissism is such a heavy ingredient, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so if they're there, they're there either because they're sick or because they want drugs, right? They're, they're well, not there yeah. for ambiguous reasons. No, that's right. And let's assume this is <laughs> they're not... They're not there for attention. This is they a, can this get is, attention elsewhere. No, this is a medical student. You've got to assume they came in with sick. 
and they're not and so they're not providing their drug history is what this student is asking how do i get the drug accurate history out of this guy who's here with pneumonia or a broken arm or something and and they and I, he's a known drug addict here's his history and we see where he's been in here for heroin and blah 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 blah. but he's saying he's not using and i doesn't seem right because we see cocaine in his drug in his drug screen so how do well, i you gotta say that well you you, you know you yeah, know. yeah. A matter of fact no yeah, kid gloves very, there's yeah. there's people are so afraid of triggering righteous indignation from addicts it's weird it's weird to me and even if you do trigger it just go dude i'm your doctor i don't care well that gets back Stop. to that comedian's thing about worrying about other people's feelings whether it's addicts or not of that jim jeffries guy it's genius no, have you good, seen it well, no. jim jim is a very good friend of mine it's a, it's a genius where he goes oh i hurt your feelings fuck you who cares <laughs> you know what i mean america's, get over it america's so yeah. worried about hurting we're all other people's we're all very feelings. concerned about it yeah <laughs> trust me jim's got his own codependency trust me wow. that's, but you that's understand. his comedy but, but yes i agree but that that is now that doctor's thing like i don't want to yeah i don't want to rile him i don't want to well, yeah, well if he right. gets riled that's on how him. do i get the information i need without actually getting the information that i <laughs> well, need but, but to me it's all symptomatic of how we're all precious where i'm my feelings are precious so i can't trigger righteous indignation this guy's precious so that, that's really stupid. the problem though yes it, like it with, is the problem all of all yes. of society it's like we need to stop tiptoeing around yes the preciousness is just like oh stop it for everybody come on now let's get let's get going here believe me i was just in china guess what here's they don't their, give here, a fuck they don't give a fuck get out of my way i'm busy that's, that's, right. that's their note get, i'm busy stop step uh, you're yeah. in my way yeah. move yeah. it yeah you're precious good Move moving on moving on that's their whole thing Listen, I was in the there's something called the uh, like the River Delta. What I forget the name of the River Delta around Hong Kong, and I was watching the uh, sort of tourist channel at the hotel bed. And they go, "Oh, these all these new cities have sprung up around the River Delta around Hong Kong," and I looked it up online today. And I, well, how many people in those different cities? And they're brand new cities, and they're growing. 120 million people <laughs> just grew, grew up around this River Delta. 120 million people who are all living in these gigantic. Gigantic infrastructure, these huge, huge condos that are like 60 stories high and an acre across, all saying the same thing. Get the fuck out of my way. I'm busy. Yeah, That's all yeah. they care about. And so, yeah, listen, everybody, we, we need to like just get on with our business. Just get on. I was just Take trying to figure family. that out. I was just trying to think, why do are we so precious? We're careful about what we say. And I think it's because we you'll get we have so, there, we have there's so much information out there right there's so much information about what we do and how it manifests in every way possible that we're afraid that you know there's just so much well, out there you, you, that you get, just go you, yeah you get reactions. oh my god i'm gonna do that and that then this and this is gonna happen yeah and, you're right you know, it's some like that, ptsd yes. people go oh god no yes some well, of you, it uh, right? the, the, yes some of it comes mostly, back at you it's mostly focused on child rearing let's oh, face oh, it oh oh yeah so what do you mean so <laughs> please so there's this preciousness about you can't say the wrong thing because <gasps> people will disagree with you so elvis was into is into pokemon go i yep. don't know if you know it I my son's him, playing. I told it him too. I'm not into that. Do it in your room. I don't care. My son, he can't you know do it in his room. You have to move around. <laughs> you have to. You have, that's the whole point. But people are saying that's a good thing. It's getting people out and get people you know, bumping into each other. Even if they're no, even if they're pulling no, their phones. How I out. see it is, you have helicopter parents driving their kids all over oh. Los Angeles oh. trying oh. to find Pokemon. But oh. see, your son is how old? Five. Okay, mine's fourteen. Six. It's yeah. a totally different oh, he can story. Go on his own. He can go. He's like going on walks up and down Ventura Boulevard with a girl from school. Go. But see, you know? with a girl from school though, and the walking. A, you know, I mean, this and it's is a not, social thing because yeah. they have no other social interaction. Yeah. At all. See, it's better than sitting you know? online and just doing whatever. <laughs> my the hell. son goes. Michelle Obama wanted to get us all moving. Look, Pokemon Go got us going. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's right. I know. He's right. I know. Yeah. Noah Kugel for president. But that. But that. But what I'm talking about is this. 
preciousness towards towards children. Yes. Right? Well, listen. My dad start... never played Pokemon Go with me or anything. Yeah, but Once isn't a this... month, maybe, he would say, come on, Bobby, let's go shoot some baskets. But and we go in the backyard. This is and so... that's it. This Once is... a month. Listen, this is sort of a compensation for the fact that that generation, meaning your dad's generation, treated kids as kind of just above pet <laughs> a lot of them really they just kind of took care of themselves really we feed was. them we put the food down and we sent them off to school you watered him yeah and, and really yeah. that was it and it was sort of a weird post-world war ii thing i think that did that yeah and there's simply all the i liked the- it i had my room i had my thing uh, you know but now the new generation right so with with your but son i'm telling now- you these kids have anxiety because of yep. the hovering parents yep. Drew. absolutely I agree. That, that's for sure because they need to be able to fall down they need to break their nose they need to make their mistakes and these yeah. these helicopter parents need to lay the f off they really do and it, i believe it causes anxiety because the kids are going to be 14 16 18 the parents aren't there to tell them what which well, way to turn which right. way to go right. what and that be, that causes anxiety like no one everybody my entire life somebody's been over my left shoulder or over my right shoulder to tell me what to do and now there's nobody there well, as a parent of a child who suffers for, from anxiety, uh, I Well, that can, can be from different sources. It can be from different sources. Drew yeah, has I, it. I have but it. I can, yes. But it's my generation, really, because my daughter's 17, you know, yeah. and I mean, I certainly was assaulted with all kinds of, you know, parenting advice when, when I had her, and you weren't allowed to do this, and you weren't allowed to do that, and don't <gasps> say this to them, and don't right. tell them no, yeah. and don't, yeah. you know, don't, you know, God forbid you you actually... You might spank them. Don't do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I will say, uh, I had this was a moment for me. I was putting both my kids in the car. I think my daughter was in fourth grade. My son was a baby, silly so was preschool, or whatever. So I'm getting everyone in the car, and my daughter will not get in the car, and she's yelling at me, screaming at me, wisecracking at me. No, I won't. I mean, the whole deal. And, I, and after about 10 minutes of it, I I wow. lost it. I did. And I slapped her across the face and I regretted it, you know, immediately and felt like a horrible parent mm-hmm. immediately and the whole thing. And, and was like shaking on the way up to school. And I got, and she was very upset, obviously. And she got out of the, out of the car and told her teacher yeah. that I hit her. And I was called to the office with my husband and told that I needed to get into some parenting classes. Oh, boy. And if that I didn't, they we were going to have no choice CPS. but to report. Did you do it at parenting classes? No, I didn't go to parenting <laughs> classes, but I, di- but I did go into therapy uh, for okay. myself because I felt like, wow, this was a, a moment where I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have lost it. And that, and it frightened me because I, yeah. I was raised Good. when my mom died, I was raised by her sister who had a bit of a physical, physicality. Uh, she just was a rager, yeah. you know, a yeller and a rager. And I kind of, I probably shouldn't say that, but yell you, yell you into shape. <sighs> yeah. And that's I, and a, I, that's and a I found technique. myself going that way and I thought, Oh my gosh, I really oh, don't. My wanna. mom yelled so much. Oh my God, yelling and screaming. Your mom? Oh, Jesus. Like out of control. Like really, like I've only heard it once, that level of screaming, and that was in in the locked unit at Los Angeles. The kind of screaming, (laughs) that kind of screaming. So you both, so so that, so here's... And you do get PTSD from it. You just kind of go... Oh yeah. I have a a 29 year old, and he and I had it out one time, same thing, he was about 13. Um, He said... F you, I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. Somehow, 
that profoundly affected me emotionally. It just, it was the last straw. <laughs> and I grabbed him and I put him down on the bed and I said, do you care now? And then he, he, you know, I could see this fear in his eyes and I let him up and, and I just walked downstairs and he came downstairs and goes, I could call the police right now and you'd go to jail. And I was like, this is the world we live in. The entitled you know I'm, child. You know what I'm yeah. A 13 year old yeah. would put their m- oh, yeah, parent sure. in jail. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I, has, it's a double edge. I, I like that on one hand for the kids that are really being abused. For the kids they never that, do it though, do they? Well, that's interesting. The ones that are really being abused don't. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> My daughter threatened that once, and we were in the car when she threatened it, and she was flipping out, and she was she opened her car door on the freeway, and I went, "Oh yeah, oh this not this good. is not good." And no. and my no, husband's screaming at her, and they're screaming, and I went, "I'm going to just drive to a police station yeah. right now, and I'm I'm done." And I they came out and they explained to her that she had no right. Wow, great. To be behaving the way she was. She still didn't believe them. See, you don't like they the could get sued for you that. <laughs> you don't like the police, Bob? There you go. Huh? Hey, but it got me off the Good highway. One. All right, you guys. Yeah. We got to wrap this up. This has been a very interesting podcast. Very different, Owen, than we normally get into, which is good. I, know, I like fun. that. We like doing it. Like it's, it's about this life. And so we like getting into different stuff. And you've uh, inspired us into weird stuff. And, and weird stuff. I <laughs> well, mean, I'm weird like for a weird. No, no, no. I mean, weird for this podcast thus far but also your mom's thing inspired it too and i'm sure we'll keep talking about that a little bit because that's not going away it's not going away and uh so if anyone has any issues about parenting we'd love to hear about that at the com or at this life podcast.com every Give parent us. loses it yeah, of at course. one time no one's or another perfect. of course no one's perfect why are we held to a perfect standard uh, but you can get to bob on twitter at ask bob forrest at ask bob forrest and also don't forget that at first lady of love susan pinsky she is our engineer nate uh, let's see. You can check t- Susan's Twitter out at, at this life podcast. You can uh, actually what email? Well, you you're right there. You give the email post. Come on now. Speak. Yeah. Okay. So I'm no good at this. Well, we read the questions from drdrew.com/slash/contact. So okay. this is where we're getting our our callers or our emails. Emails. Uh, Tell us if you want to be on the show. A lot of people send us emails, but they don't want to be on the show. So, right. but you know, we like to read the good ones. And you can always tweet me at this life podcast and let us know that you have sent an email and you're interested on be- in asking questions. Uh, we don't have a telephone line yet. We've been working on it, but AT and T is a real pain and in the neck. You support the people to support this podcast, and also a reminder for Owen, the Rob Saul Show. Uh, you can check it out 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. Uh, get it at iTunes. Also in Chicago. Do we know the, the station yet? You know, I don't. Yet. But um, it's, Did you say it was an urban station or was it a You know, soul I'm really not entirely okay. sure. But it's it's Rob Saul. Go, what did I say? I think you said Brob. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but I, don't think I, I don't think they'll find it. I have terrible... Well, Terrible, uh, and, I, and I'm on Twitter too. Oh, I'm, good. I'm Owen Elliott, 1967. Cool. Oh, it's a great year. It's right up to the that one. But I also, one. we have a Facebook page now. Oh, good. What month were you born in? It's getting it's April. Getting busy. I was born six weeks before Monterey Pop. Oh, Ooh, interesting. So if you if you want to just contact us on the Facebook page, what's the name of the Facebook? At this Life Podcast. That's the Facebook, Facebook page. Uh, also, again, you, uh, the PBS pledge drive coming up end of august to commemorate the moms in the awesome. 50th anniversary and you want to go if you want to hear uh, owen's show it's listen.robsaul r-o-b-s-a-u-l robsaul.com check it out there and uh, again your twitter handle is owen elliott 1967 excellent and uh, great year and we'll see you it next was bye bye
Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me.